0: I'm
1: honored to bring the word to you today. I want to start in Genesis chapter 22. Just kidding. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 says this. It says, as long as the earth endures... Seed time, someone says seed time, says seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease, will never cease. This is a great verse if you're talking about giving, that's not specifically what I'm going to talk about tonight, it's this principle that God established the earth on, is that there is a time where the seed it has to be planted, there is time, there is waiting, there is process, but then there is harvest, Every seed has a promise of harvest. Every seed is certain. That's the title of my message tonight. The seed, someone say the seed, is certain. See, God designed every seed with life in it. God designed every seed with the potential to produce. I got some, uh, I ran to the store and grabbed some little seed packets. These are some poppies. These seeds are actually called impatience, ironically, which would be great for my message. Anyone ever like have these around your house a lot? My mom, we always had impatience growing up. Love these things. 50 days until bloom, okay? So that even warns you how long it's gonna take. But but there's nowhere on this packet that says seeds may or may not produce. This seed packet is completely certain of the outcome of this seed. It will produce what this little picture shows. It will produce these flowers. The seed in this packet is certain, but the Bible says that God's word is also a seed. Right in Luke eight eleven it says this is the meaning of the parable because Jesus is telling a parable about a sower and casting seeds and doing all this and he says that the he's describing or explaining the meaning of the parable to the disciples and it says in Luke eight eleven the meaning of the parable is this the seed is the word of God right. So God's word is described like a seed, and there is a principle that God has established from the very beginning, the foundation of the earth, that you can bank on this, that there is seed time and there is harvest. Seeds will produce. God's word is a seed, and you can absolutely take it to the bank that God's word will produce exactly what God intended it to do in your life. Amen? There is seed time and there is harvest. The seed of God's word is the most certain thing that you can count on. The worship team and I must have been in the same Holy Spirit flow because we were talking about that and singing about that and trusting God's word and leaning into the goodness of God and relying on his faithfulness. Matthew chapter 24 verse 35 says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, this is Jesus talking, he says, but my words will never pass away. That's a big statement. He's trying to remind us, listen, there's a lot of things that are temporal in life. And if we're not careful, we can treat God's word in a similar fashion as if it may or may not work. You know what I mean? That, that, oh, well, hopefully it does, and you know, maybe it'll produce, and maybe what God said will happen, and maybe it won't. But I'm telling you what, Jesus is saying, listen, the most certain thing in the universe is my word, right? The word of God is the seed of heaven, and it is certain to produce the harvest that it was intended for. The word of God was what spoke light. It's what created what we see. It's God's word, the seed of God's word, that will produce and transform and build our life. If you're looking for, man, what could I build my life on? What can I I grab onto in life that is certain, that is consistent, that's never changing? Because we live in such an ever-changing reality, right? The new cycles... You know, if you've got the the stock app on your phone, you you know that can be like a roller coaster. There's all kinds of things that feel very uncertain in life, but God's word will never cease. It will never pass away. It will never fail. It's eternal. It's consistent. It's certain. It's something you can build your life on. Amen? So the seed of God's word is certain. Let me read this. I love this in Isaiah 55. Verse 10, it says this, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty to me but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, how powerful is that? few verses. That's some take it to the bank kind of stuff right there. That's a sure type of statement. Just like the rain from heaven falls to the ground and before it evaporates back up, before it returns to the clouds, before it returns to heaven, God sends rain on an assignment. and He's going, just like I designed the world to work in a giving and receiving, a sowing and a reaping. God sends things out to produce and then it comes back to him and he continues this cycle. This is the way God designed the world that we live in. Just like the Bible says, right? Whatever you give, it will be given back to you. Right? There, there's, a, there's a cycle of giving and receiving that God has designed in the earth. And a lot of times people miss out on receiving what God has because they're not engaging and staying with the process that God designed. But God's saying, listen, just like rain goes and, does, and produces life before it returns, so does my word. My word is going to be sent out. And when I send out my word, I have an assignment on that word. It's going to produce something. It's going to create something. It's going to develop something. But my word will not return until it does what I sent it out to do. Right? If you had a seed packet of the prophetic word that you got. And what if you created a a, a version of this for a prophetic word that you've been given? And maybe that word is about a child that that you got a prophetic word about, but you and your spouse are believing and you haven't seen it yet. Then come on, we may not know the germination length here. This says 50 days. I don't know. Is it 50 days till you're going to see the the production and the fruit of what you've been of the word of god that was sent out is it going to be a year is it going to be 5 years i don't always know and sometimes god doesn't always give us the timeline but you can be certain of this that if god sent out his word if he released a word into your situation it will produce it will not return void it will achieve it will accomplish what it was sent out for Amen. Amen It will produce. I love god's word it's, it's the thing that I can be certain of. and in everything in, in life, you know someone said one time, because maybe the life can come at you, maybe you feel so busy, it's like, I don't even have time to pray. I don't have time to read my Bible. And then there was a book years back that was said, uh, you're too busy not to pray, right? Kind of flipping that idea on its head. Instead of being, man, I'm so busy, I don't have time to pray or read my Bible, it's actually the exact opposite, right? Man, you might be so busy, you don't have time not to pray, right? You don't have time not to get into God's Word. For me, no matter what I'm doing on a particular day, step one is get up. Make my Nespresso. That's step one. Step two, get out my Bible, right? And actually, the way I do it, I screen share my Bible to my TV, and I play it. So, And then I'll usually get out my notepad. I'm drinking my coffee, and I'm journaling as I'm watching, listening. So I'm getting all the senses in. Right, It's a little life hack if you want to try that. Make sure the volume's down low. If you're married to a non-morning person, that could be dangerous. I don't care if it's the Bible. She don't care, right? If you wake her up, I don't care what you're listening to or how spiritual it is, you're in trouble, okay? It's dangerous. Shout out to all the, the morning people out there. Come on. Can I see some? Can I see it? Okay. I'll come, I'm coming in strong with the morning people. I can already tell who's not the morning people the way you're looking at me right now. (laughs) I'm concerned for my life and safety. I I can already feel it. I can feel it's dangerous, you know? And the morning people are usually like, yeah! The non-morning people are like, don't speak to me. Actually, when Katie and I, my wife, first got married, like, I'm the morning person. I'm happy. We're ready to take on the day. I'm like the blinds wide open in the morning kind of personality. I've never really done that after the second day of our marriage, but... Theoretically, I'm a blinds wide open kind of a guy, right? So I remember Katie pretended for one day of our marriage that she was cool with that. And I was like, good morning. I love you. And, you know, and and I think the second day she was like, hey, I don't really talk in the morning. (laughs) Okay. And uh, so I became really good at slipping out of the bed, slipping out of the room, you know? And if you're a morning person, you know this, it don't matter how quiet you are, your spouse is gonna be like, you were banging the cupboards down there. <laughs> are you kidding me? I was so gentle. You yeah, might, might as well have a band down there clanging stuff. Non-morning people have supersonic hearing. It's really incredible. My, uh, one of of the non-morning people's favorite verses, David says that a a greeting loud in the morning will be taken as a curse. So if you didn't know, I'm helping you non-morning people out. There's a literal Bible verse for you, okay? You should have that ready, locked and loaded to quote as needed. But I love I love the certainty of God's word and my dad. I'm thankful to have had a dad who rewrote his family history because my dad's dad was an alcoholic and a womanizer and ran out on his his you know his wife. My my dad's dad and and my dad would oftentimes get calls to hey you know George is or your dad is you know passed out in the ditch again come be, come get your dad right. So that was my dad's upbringing, and God rescued him out of that environment. And my dad changed the family legacy completely to where I grew up, not experiencing any of that. I grew up in a home that my dad loved, my mom, and still does. I grew up in a home where my parents loved Jesus, followed Jesus, worshipped Him, honored Him. I, I I want I say that to say, no matter what your family life was, in one generation, you can completely change everything for the good. Amen. Everything can change. But a lot of times what I would see when I got up in the morning, whether my dad had fallen asleep or not, he was reading this. You know what I mean? My dad was a morning person, but sometimes too early for himself, I think. And, uh, and so sometimes I'd get up and he'd be like, you know, and I go, hey, dad, how's the Bible reading going, you know, and, uh, but that was my example growing up is seeing my dad in this, building his life on this, a sure foundation, right? Jesus tells a parable where um, the storms come and the winds blow, and, and haven't we had plenty of those, but the, the person's life that doesn't get tossed and destroyed by, by winds and tornadoes is not the person who's financially secure before a difficult season comes. It's not, it's not the person who in the natural has everything together per se. The person that is able to withstand storms is a person who builds their life on God's word because this is the only certain thing. This is the... Looks like I've been, I've been going to work on my Bible here, so... I just, I did that to look impressive to you guys, to be honest. It's like, wow, he really reads it a lot. That's good. I spilled some coffee on it on my way in just to really, really show off. Um, but but that, that was the example I had, and that's what I want every day of my life. I want to start it off, and everyone's different, and, you know, whatever you find time to be with Jesus, that's what ultimately matters, but I, someone's getting a witness up there, they're like midnight, okay, so, uh, but honestly, if you can, start your day engaging God at some level, it will transform the rest of your day, right? Do, do the best you can, okay? Morning people, it's not your time to clap too loud, okay? Be just, you got to patiently ease the rest of the room into that, okay? Okay. Um, but God, God's word is certain, his word doesn't fail, and, and something if you want to be reminded of the power of God's word, go to Psalm chapter 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, and I remember when my grandpa on my mom's side first kind of explained to me uh, what, the, what chapter 119 is. I don't know if you notice this, but it's David saying every single verse as him describing how much he loves God's word over and over and over again in different ways. It's impressive. I have not selected where I'm going to read. I'm just going to pull it up at random. Um, Psalm 119, verse 73. Your hands made me, informed me, uh, give me understanding to learn your commands. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I put my hope... In your word. Let me jump back to verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? Some of these we know, they're very common ones. Uh, I love this in verse 65 Do good to your servant according to your word. O oh Lord, teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. If you, if you want to, like, just get around somebody who just loved God's word, knew the power of it, leaned on it, drew on it, go to Psalm 119, and watch how David talks about the word of God. One of my favorite verses that, that he says in there, and I, I can't remember. Let's see. Um... Somewhere. It's good. You're going to love it. Um, I love it. He, Basically, he says this. He goes, um, The unfolding of your word brings light. So, if it literally like a flashlight, if you think of it like that, that when this is closed, life is dark confusing, uncertain, not knowing what's next. But David says your word is like a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Literally, it's like every time you open God's word, imagining just light illuminating everything around it. The unfolding of God's word brings light, brings truth, brings certainty, brings power, brings clarity. Why is there so much confusion? Because we've let go of God's word. Why is America freaking out right now? We've rejected God's Word, right? The rejecting of truth, the distancing of God's word is why it's dark. And this is a picture of the world right now, right? Just trying to feel for something, trying to grab on to something, trying to find their way through. They're lost, they're confused, they're uncertain. That's why we're saying insane things right now. That's why we're letting men compete in women's sports. I mean, it's just weird. But To the normal person whose eyes are open because they're illuminated by God's word, that seems crazy. But to a world that their eyes are closed, they don't know. And it's so dark, they can't see. But that's why we have to keep bringing light. We have to keep bringing truth. We have to keep bringing God's word. This is the certainty, right? This is the truth, this is the light. We gotta build our life on that. If, if, uh, if our news apps are getting more uh, kind of playtime than our Bible app, then we're getting the wrong information, right? So we gotta be careful of that. What, what, how much content of the culture am I consuming versus how much of God's word am I consuming? Because God's word, is it never fails. God's word is stronger. God's word is a shelter, the Bible says. God's word is a light. God's word is comfort, God's word is truth, God's word is faithful, God's word never fails. Come on, God's word is the constant in the craziness of life. It is, the, it is the true north of everything that we have. And when I build my life on that, that's when everything changes, amen? Amen. In 12 minutes, I want to give you four points. Now, I'm going to say something. Alcohol, God loves you. Because he never gives me points at Bressey Campus. I don't know. I don't feel like I get like one, two, three, four. But I was praying. God spoke. Here it is. And they all rhyme. Okay? So the Lord's in it. Okay? So what are we going to do with the seed? If this is the seed and it's certain and it's clear, right, then what do we do with the seed of God's word? Number one, we got to plow the ground. Right? we got to plow. You got to cultivate the soil. When, when Jesus is saying that the Word of God is a seed and He's planting, the soil is people. The soil is the heart. soil is your own life. And sometimes we got to begin to, if we're going to receive God's Word, we got to begin to plow up old thinking, old habits, old ideologies, right? We need to reject the world system and begin to till the soil of our heart to begin to receive the Word of God, right? Because if you just chuck seeds out on hard packed dry ground it's going to be very unlikely that that thing is going to ever get into the soil and produce what it's supposed to right so when i come to god i need to come to god open-hearted when i come to god i need to come to god ready to receive when i come to the word on wednesday and sunday i want to come ready okay god speak to me when i read the word every day the reason why i have a notepad is because someone said hey do you actually expect god to speak to you then why don't you have something to write with right so it's a really basic thought, but if I'm going to read the Bible every day, and I believe God wants to speak to me, then I want to get ready to write, because if God's going to give me instruction, I don't want to like try to keep that to memory. How many know how, how fast your memory tends to go? You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, if God speaks, I'm going to write it down. What's God saying? What's God speaking to me through his word? Every time you open up the word of God, God is going to speak to you if you let him. If you allow it in, the seed of God's word will go into your heart every single time you engage God's word, but you got you to make a decision to be receptive, right? You got to make a decision. That's why sometimes like at church, where we're like, come on, I want you to be on the edge of your seat. I want you to amen. I want you to shout the preacher down. Why, why do we say stuff like that? It's like, a, it's like a soil of the heart cultivating type of activity because if... And I like to chill. You know what I'm saying? I like to lean back and observe sometimes too. But if my whole posture when it comes to the word is just kind of a passive, unengaged mode, I I may not be ready to receive what God has for me. So I want to be in it. I want to be ready. Man, church is a leg workout for me. I stand up so much. You know what I'm saying? Like That's why I don't have to go to the gym because I stand on Wednesdays and Thursdays a lot. I didn't get a lot of love for that, John. I didn't get a lot of love for that. You know what? Actually, this is a very fit campus. Pastor Michael and Lisa do a lot of working out. So this is, that didn't fly as well. I, uh, I try to avoid gyms. Uh, but anyways, moving on. Number two. So you got a plow. Number two, you got a plant. I, I read it earlier, but David says, your word have I hidden in my heart right? There, there's, there's, a, there's a process of, there, there's, two, there's two points of kind of engaging God's word. One is getting it into your heart, the other is releasing it. Both of them, I think, are forms of planting. I have to put God's word in. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will remind you of, of things in his word, but you got to have something for the Holy Spirit to work with, <laughs> It's a little bit like when our kids say, Would you help me pray that I get good grades on this test? Well, did you study? No. This is gonna be difficult. If you'd studied at all, I could pray that the Holy Spirit would bring to memory what you put inside of yourself, right? The same thing when it comes to life. And I'd say, God, speak to me. It's gonna matter, you've given me zilch. To work with. The more I get God's word on the inside of me, then when I'm facing challenges in my marriage or in my parenting or in my friendships or in culture, I don't have to be like, oh God, please, I need something fresh. I need a word. It's like, I'm like, oh, I've been, I've been putting this thing in all day, every day for decades. So God's got something to work with. And don't, don't be nervous if you're like, oh man, there's people up here and they know the Bible so much that they can quote it and they're in it. Guess what? How, how that starts? That's not about going to Bible college. That's just about reading the Bible consistently in your own life, right? The more you spend time with God, the more time you spend in God's word, the Holy Spirit will then begin to reveal that call it to memory, give you the ability to use it. So you got to plant it in your heart. But then also, I would say this, when it comes to uh, putting the seed of God's word out there, planting, you actually have to release the word out of your mouth. Right? What are you saying? Are you releasing the word of God into your situation? Are you planting the word? Are you speaking life? Are you declaring those things that are not as though they are, right? Well, what are you prophesying? That's why Pastor Eugent says, when we pray, we don't do just prayers. God, if you just, maybe, if you're thinking about it, if you have the time, if you could spare a little bit of extra power, we don't do just. We declare, we speak, we prophesy, we command. We release the word of God. The, new, the believers in the New Testament, they said, God, send forth your word and heal, right? Send your word, God. Your word is what heals. Your word is what revives. Your word is what restores God's word. But you got to release the word of God out of your mouth. I remember years back when I, my wife and I lived up in Seattle area. And before we move, when we were making the move down, God began to speak to us about coming here, being a part of awaken and just serving and and kind of basing here and doing some different ministry. And God gave us a word, right, to come down here, a word to be a part of what God was doing. Gave us a word. God said, hey, I want you to make a million disciples. I was like, okay, that sounds like a lot, you know. Uh, God gave us things. God spoke to us. God clearly, through multiple prophetic words, said you are to move your family, leave all your job security, leave both of your jobs, your wife and you, and make the move down to a very expensive part of the nation, right, and, and no security and step out in faith and trust me. And when we did that, it was not easy. And maybe I've preached that at this campus before, but like fridge was getting empty kind of situation, right? Like difficulty faced us, uncertainty at every corner, uh, not not knowing how we were going to make the next rent payment at that time. When God first brought us down here, it was this move of faith. It was trusting God. But guess what? We had a word from God. And so even when it felt impossible, my wife and I would, say, we would start to remind ourselves of what God had said. And one of the things I noticed first that, that happened where the enemy would try to get me to stop speaking the word, to stop planting seeds. Because when I first came down, I was full of faith. I'm like, we're going to change the world. Yeah, God's called me down. We're going to travel. We're going to minister. We're going to, you know, do all this kind of stuff. And then I found that a few months in, all of a sudden, it wasn't like I was cursing and saying negative things about my life. But it was like I stopped planting seeds. Because I was just nervous. I was apprehensive to say the things I used to say. It was like I downsized the dream into what I thought was more manageable for God and me to figure out. But then I began to realize, no, no, I have to unlock this again. I've got to keep speaking. I've got to keep planting. The Bible says that, you know, that um, your words produce life. Your words produce fruit. Your words are seeds. The Bible says that those who love it will eat its fruit, right? So I'm going to eat whatever I plant, right? My words are seeds. and. If I were you, I would put this seed in your mouth and begin to prophesy this and declare this and speak this. And as God gave me the the Make a Million Disciples, that's when he gave uh, gave us the idea of this book. Right? Because I was like, how are we going to make a million disciples? And then God gave us the following Jesus book. Right? And I finished it, brought it to Pastor and Leanne, which honestly, I wasn't even anticipating that our own church would use it because... You know, someone else was talking about previous church cultures. My church previously would never have adopted anything uh, that didn't, that came from somebody else. But I showed the to Pastor and he was like, we're using it. I was like, okay. And then God blessed it. And churches all over the U.S. and Canada and Australia and New Zealand. And it's translated now into about seven different languages. And God gave me... The ram in the thicket. God gave me the ability, but I had to keep engaging with God's word. I had to keep planting the seed. And, I, and with that, I had to keep, which number three is to pour. I had to keep watering it. Right? And if, if you're new to Christ, you get a chance to get a copy of one of these afterward. Right? And this is going to help you in your next steps, in your relationship with Jesus. and that that's the heart of our church is to equip and to disciple and to support you as you walk out your faith. And so number 4 is to pour. You got to water the seed. You plant the seed then you got to water it. How do you water it? With faith. You water with worship. You know as you read God's word then you got to begin to trust. You got to you got to put faith behind it. You got to put action behind it, right? And you got to worship. Worship is One of my absolute favorite things. And I would just encourage you guys that when you're fighting through difficult seasons, take the time to worship. Take the time to trust God. Take the time to get in the presence of God. Obviously, here on Wednesdays and Sundays, but like, we have the ability to worship all the time now with our Apple iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is. Just get into worship and begin to allow... The, the songs of heaven to pour over your life, and that worship will keep watering the seed. In a natural sense, when you plant a seed, you got to water it. You keep watering it. You keep, you know, put fertilizer on, put water on it, right? When I put faith out there, when I plant a seed of God's word, when God has put a seed on the inside of me of a vision or a dream or a faith, I have to keep watering that seed. A lot of times people get it wrong when they think that, well, if God said it, then it's just going to automatically happen. Well, actually, we have to partner with God. There, there's a prophetic word that's released. There's a seed that's planted, but then you and me begin to partner with God with things like watering, and then the last thing is to persevere. Persevere. When, when you plant something like this, one of the seed packets says, you're going to see it in 50 days. What a lot of times happens is we give up on day 30, day 40, day 49, right? And we don't persevere to actually see God's word be fulfilled in our lives. And we give up on it. Have you ever had like a kid or maybe yourself as a kid, we had like a little science project and you had to plant the seed and you had a little styrofoam cup and you put it in the, you know, the window and the sun's supposed to get on it and you're waiting. How many times have you ever like dug up the seed because you, you thought like, it's not coming out. There must Maybe I didn't put the seed in. And then you start putting your finger around the dirt. You're like, shoot, it's in there. Now I've screwed up the, the the growth process. You know what I mean? Or even as an adult, your kid brings it, and they say there's a seed in there, and you're like, well, I can't see it. I didn't see you put the seed in, but it hasn't been doing anything. I'm seeing no growth come. So even you as an adult are kind of like, I wonder if it's really in there. And you start digging around. You're like, crap, it's in there. Darn it. Uh, but the, the truth is in our lives We can get like that with the seed. God has planted something on the inside of us. We're beginning to come into agreement with that seed, but then we don't see it happen, and we don't see the fruit yet, and we don't see the miracle, and we don't see the provision yet. So it's easy to abort the mission and derail on the seed and dig up the seed and discard it or lose heart in it, and when we do that, we never see the fulfillment of the promises of God. But if God's word has been spoken, if God gave you a promise that he will accomplish what he sent that word out to do. But it's going to require faithfulness and consistency on our part to make a decision that I'm going to keep in faith. I'm going to keep agreeing with God's word. I'm not going to dig up the seed that's been planted. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to persevere and see this accomplished in my life. There's seed, time, and harvest. You guys can stand with me to your feet. Trust God. Be faithful. Don't give up. Don't dig up the seed. Let it come to fruition. Let the seed flourish. God's word will accomplish what it was set out to do. Amen. Amen. If if you just feel like that's that's a word for you in the sense that maybe there's just been something you've been having a hard time fighting for. There's been a, a maybe even a prophetic word that you've gotten. You're like, I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not seeing it yet. And you're going, man, I just need faith tonight. I need to lean in for a fresh reminder of courage and strength to keep believing, keep trusting God. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand uh, around the room? Awesome, awesome. A lot of us. Do you want to just? Can I just have people come forward real quick? Do you, do you guys want to just come forward? Let me just pray with you guys. If, if, that's, if that's you and you just feel like, man, I need, this was a word for me. I need to, maybe you need to water it tonight with some fresh faith. Maybe you need to come back around to the, the word that God gave you and, and, and put, put, some, put some faith on it tonight. Water that seed of God's word. Trust God tonight. Maybe it's felt like, man, it's just never going to come. It's never going to come. I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. Come on, it's time to persevere in this. Come on, lift up your hands if you're down. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare your goodness and your favor and your faithfulness. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one who gives the word and it does not return void. And so I thank you, God, for faith. I thank you, God, for strength, God. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, God, that you are in process. You are at work. Father, I thank you you are at work in their life. You're at work in their situation. You're at work in their family. You're at work in their circumstance. You're at work in their health. God, you're at work in their marriage. God, maybe it's felt like we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting, but God, I thank you that you are working. You are working. You are accomplishing. You are are fulfilling your word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Let me just pray with you real quick. Father, I thank you. I just see waves of God's goodness hitting you in a fresh way, just like where the enemy thought he was going to take you out with his waves. The Bible said not only is he going to raise up a standard against the enemy, But he's going to overwhelm you with waves of grace. And they're not going to be the pounding waves of the enemy to defeat and to destroy. But they're going to be waves of goodness, waves of mercy, waves of peace, overwhelming you with his mercy. Like I read earlier. The Bible says that you are good and you do good things. And so, God, I thank you that you're good to my friend and you're doing good things to her. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're opening up windows of heaven and pouring out favor. I thank you, Lord, for her service to you and to your kingdom. I thank you, God, for your goodness that's on her life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, God. Thank you for your peace. I just want to pray with a couple more people. Father, in Jesus' name, let mercy come. Let goodness come. You know, I think, um, you know, like when you're done with a job, like with, you know, some power tool or, you know, appliance, and you wrap up the core because it's finished, it's almost like I saw... You wrapping up a cord, but not because it was finished. It felt like, man, something maybe was done. It wasn't working, like as if it was an appliance that wasn't working. So you're more wrapping up the cord because it's not, it's not working. It's, not, it's worthless. It's not happening. But I just see God saying, no, no, unwind the cord. I'm still working. Don't give up on it. Trust me. Keep keeping faith. Keep plugged into the source of power. Keep leaning into what God has for you. And I just see God working it out. I see God giving you insight and wisdom. I see strategy and supernatural strength. But to not give up in the waiting, God's working. God's in process. God hasn't finished it, but you, you need to stay in it. Don't wrap it up. Don't, don't, put a, don't put a finale on something that God is actually still working on and working through in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you, God, for this campus. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Michael and Lisa. Would you put your blessing on them and your favor on them and your supernatural strength on this house? I thank you, Lord, that this is a house of transformation. I thank you, Lord, as people cross over the threshold of the front doors of this lobby, that freedom is coming and healing is coming and strength is flowing and peace is coming. God, I thank you, Lord, that this is good soil. I thank you, Lord, for everybody who plants themselves in this ground and in this campus and in this region. God, they're flourishing and they're thriving and they're seeing the goodness of God in this season. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, I want to ask one more question before I turn it back over to Pastor Lisa. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, kind of evaluating your own heart right now in in your relationship with God. I've been talking about God's word. One of the things that God's word says is that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, that's a bit of a bummer, but there's good news. That's why he sent Jesus. We just celebrated Jesus' death and resurrection over Easter weekend. But if you're here tonight and you know you got sin and you're away from God and you need Jesus to come and save you and remove this sin from your life and bring you close in relationship with God again, on the count of three, just want you to lift up your hand. I want to pray with you all around the room if you say that's you. Maybe it's for the first time or maybe you've been running from God and you're kind of finally coming back home and you say, that's me. One, two, three. Just go ahead and lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. Great. Awesome. See your hands. Amazing. Anybody else? I want to make sure I see it. Awesome. Great. See your hands up there. Anybody else? Wave me down. I want to make sure I get everybody who tonight's your night. You're saying, I'm all in, Jesus. I'm going to serve you. I'm surrendering to you. Awesome. Anybody else? Great. Proud of you guys. Amazing. There we go. All hands included. I got you. (laughs) Amazing. Church, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray along with those who just lifted their hands. But those of you who just lifted your hands, as you pray this prayer, you're making a decision to say, Jesus, you're the leader of my life, you're the Lord of my life, you're my Savior, and he's going to forgive you of your sin, make you clean again, and bring you close to your Heavenly Father tonight in this moment. So everyone, I want you to pray this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin tonight. I choose to turn from my sin and follow you with all my heart. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to do your will. In Jesus' name, everybody said,
0: amen. Let's give it up for those who just made that decision. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen.